Welcome in to another BA Chats. I'm your host, Kevin Koontz, alongside this beautiful lady. His wife, Rachel, Rachel Koontz. <laughs> Thank you guys. We're so happy to have you. BA Chats is a place where we get to show off the staff at Bethel. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Because they're phenomenal people. Well, and the reality is like... How much time do you have in a church service to literally have a conversation or get to know someone or get to know people's story? Like, you can't do that in like two and a half minutes, you know, you fist bump people. Yo, bro, what's up? Hey, sis, how you doing? You know, you just can't. It just doesn't happen. So this is just a great venue to get to know our wonderful, amazing people. And seriously, we we are diverse folks with so many different wonderful backgrounds. It's worth sharing. God has done great, great things. He has done the best I just can't hear diverse without hearing diversity. Diversity. <laughs> Toby Mac is my hero. We're still fans. Fans for forever. Yes. Anyway. I knew you were going to say that. Well, oh, I diversity. Is say like that, a freak. Say it. Okay. Sing it I won't sing anymore. BA Chats is also all about the testimony. So testimony means do it again, God. So... The testimonies that are shared here always keep in the forefront of your mind that God's no respecter of persons. He just wants to do good all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's just like, hey, would you let me show up in your life? And so when you hear these yeah. testimonies, grab hold of them. They're absolutely for you. So be encouraged and, and feel loved and seen and heard. You are. And know that the testimony, we're going to do it again. So mm-hmm. if, if you hear this tonight, it's for you. That's why I love it. So, Sam Medlin is joining us on BA Chats and People. Hello. Sam. Hi. There's so much to say about Sam. (laughs) And so much to celebrate about Sam. Sam, you know what I love about you? Tell me, Rachel. Everything. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) You are such a blessing. Sam is the beauty running around with the hair parted down the middle. I love your curls. Thank you. Beautiful smile. You guys know her. And so, just point of reference, she's that gorgeous gal that's just running around Running service, basically, you're just in charge of that thing. A lot of times. Yes, a lot of times. Not every time, but a lot of times. <laughs> so what exactly do you do at Bethel, Sam? Um, well, I actually don't work for the church. Um, I work oh. full-time for the School of Ministry. Nice. That is my job. Um, I've worked here for um, just about three years this summer, three years Okay. in June. And um, the first two years that I was here, I worked for the church. I did a handful of different things. It was a little bit of like a... A hodgepodge, a little bit of a catch-all kind of role. Um, helped out with Bethel Life. Um, I worked part-time in the school with administrating first year and a bunch of different stuff. And then uh, this past or March of last year, um, Blake Healy came to me and said, "Hey, fun fact: I'm going to be the new school director, and I want you to be my director of operations." And I was like, "I am in." And uh, maybe like a week before, I had just gotten done letting Laura, um, who is our HR director know that a huge dream of mine was if we ever had a possibility for me to be full-time in the school, I would love to. And all these conversations, isn't that crazy? And all these conversations have been happening and I didn't know. Like Lauren was thinking (laughs) of transitioning into the church and the Blake was wanting to take over the school and and all this stuff. And I had no idea that that was like a a thing that was even happening. So that was pretty cool to have that to to open up for me. So. So one year and how is it going? Great. Um, <laughs> do you a, love it? I really do love it. I really love it. I It's been a super interesting year um, just because there's been a lot of transition and a lot of um, change. But um, I love the school. I believe in, I mean, I love, obviously I love Beth Atlanta in general, but I believe in the school so much. It like totally transformed my life and um, the whole like discipleship model and mentorship, pastoral 
teacher to student kind of model thing is, has always been so inspirational to me and I've always loved being a part of it. So it's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty big dream job at the moment. So, so you were a student. When were you a student? I attended all three years. Um, I, I think my first year was 2013 to 2014. Okay. I think. Um, and then I got hired, um, the summer after my second year. So finished second year, was going into third year, and at the time, third year had an internship track with it. And oh, so yeah. I, had, I was meeting with one of the school directors wanting to be their intern, and they brought me into the office. And so Vanessa Hale, at a Vogel at the time, was like the administrator of the school. And so I go into the office with that director and with... Did you just say Vanessa was the administrator of the school? For a while, yeah. I don't guess I knew that. Okay, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Vanessa's done everything. Wow. Have you had a... Be able to chat with her? Not yet. Because you should. <laughs> she totally. has done, ju- her and Lauren Brownlee have done just about every job at this church. <laughs> should we go ahead and book You should two, go ahead and book that. Yeah. Book two, three. <laughs> These right. next three are Vanessa Hale. <laughs> yeah, We're going to put that in the calendar. She's got, oh man. I, I could spend my entire BA chat talking about how much I love Vanessa. That's a true fact. She's wonderful. I love her so much. Yeah, she's a great person. Um, but, but yeah, so she was administrating, like kind of second handing to uh, Lauren at the time. And um, anyway, so I go into a, an office with them and they're like, well, we know you really want this internship, but um, it's not we're not going to do that. But we, we have another offer, kind of something for you that we're curious what you think. And I'm thinking, oh, OK, bummer. I really wanted to be the intern for second year. And I was like, oh, man, I really wanted to do that. But OK, maybe it'll be, you know, something else. I, I wonder if I have the capacity to serve in that way and yada, yada. And Vanessa goes, we want to offer you a full-time job here at Beth Atlanta. And I, and I was just, it was literally like a movie. I looked at both of them and I went, can you say that again? I was like, I just want to make sure I, Repeat on, por favor. I want to make sure I heard you right. Yeah. Cause like, I like not to like knock ministry world, but I've been around it my whole life. And sometimes things that sound like full-time jobs are not, you know what I mean? Sure. And oh, so, sure. and so I'm like, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Like leave my current career to do this. Is that what you're saying to me? And they were so funny. And Steve and Lauren were on the other side of the door and I like heard some wrestling and I was like, what's happening? And they were like, Steve and Lauren are on the other side of the door. <laughs> and they were like listening in to like, it was, it was wild. It was That's really crazy. So I like made them repeat it a few times because I just wanted to make sure that I was like getting a full, like you are offering me a job, like a full-time a switch job. my career's job. Right. So that was pretty crazy, but it was really fun. And I was originally brought on to um, do communications for the church, um, which was my degree is in, right. is in uh, rhetoric and communications and mass comm and things like that, um, which we just at the time were not there and ready for that necessarily as a church Sure, about two years ago. Um, so it just kind of ended up looking like a different thing. So when the door for the school opened up, I was super pumped because oh. I love it. Well, you are a communicator. I didn't realize you're, or I think I might remember that your degree is in communication. Mm-hmm. You're an amazing speaker. Thanks. Agreed. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, yeah, guys. we all agree. No one yep. would argue. So <laughs> you are such an effective communicator. Is oh, that something thanks. that brings great life? Do you like to speak? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> what do you love about it? I love it, it so much. I don't know. Um, I think, you know, they say, like statistics say that people's top three fears in the world are public speaking, death, and like snakes. Yeah. I think public speaking like first. public speaking is before death. Yeah. yeah. Before like, death. <laughs> order? Oh yes. My gosh, it's it's nuts. something like that. I think Martha Blanchard knows like the exact like stat or whatever, but literally like number one fear in, in, in the world is public speaking. And I, I did I've, know I've just that. never been afraid of it. Wow. And so I realized early on, like, okay, if I'm not afraid of this, it feels like it's a strength and I should probably go after it, you know? Yep. So it was great when I discovered it. 
um, the major that I ended up going with was rhetoric. So it's more of like the communication like theory behind like why we communicate and how we communicate the way we do. Mm. I would not have known that, but that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because you you understand some stuff. <laughs> You're <laughs> super intuitive. You're as intuitive Thanks. as you are like a good communicator. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's not a... That's I didn't really realize... That's that so was kind. A, it was a whole big major, man. You nailed yeah. your major, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it felt very much like it was something that was already in me that I wanted to grow as opposed to like picking up a whole new thing that I didn't know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so oh, I loved it. And I found it way too late in my college career. And I wish I had spent time like on all the four years doing it. I found it like my junior year. So I hustled through my last two years to, <laughs> to get it all in there. But oh, I loved it so much. Well. For obvious reasons. So <laughs> where were you in ministry before this? You just mentioned that you were in ministry. So um, so I, quote unquote, grew up in the church, okay. if you will. I grew okay. up going to church. And my whole family is like Southern Christian. You know okay. what I mean? Like, bless your heart. We go to church on the high holidays and, and occasionally here and there. And, you know. That sounds like a line, like a clothesline. Southern Christian. Southern Christian. Southern Christian shirts. <laughs> it, there's plenty of things like that, <laughs> truly, where it's like grits Girls raised in the South, but there's some sort of like Christian yeah. cheesy joke along with it. <laughs> Grits, girls raised in the South. Have you never heard that? Uh, I, no, I've heard, I've heard I would that. have literally put Same money shirt. on the fact that you had one of those shirts. So I'm honestly <laughs> shocked you've never heard of that. <laughs> I look like the person that would wear grits. Girls raised in the South. I'm gonna buy you one, Rachel. I can't believe you don't have one. <laughs> no, I have never heard. That's hilarious. It's How a thing. have I not heard this? I don't know. I don't know, but it is a thing. Yep. Um, but anyway, so grew up, I grew up in a huge, like, the uh, North Point Community Church, oh, okay. non-denominational, like, huge thing. Um, I went there from when I was, like, in the fifth grade until I graduated high school. So I was always, there was always opportunities to serve and disciple and things like that. So I was constantly doing that, grew up doing worship stuff. Um, and then when I graduated high school and went to college, I found a North Point, like, satellite near where I went to school and led a small group there all four years. Nice, so when I was yeah. a college freshman, they were freshmen in high school and kind of went through them with them all through four years of school um and yeah I've always been involved with with worship or um worship primarily like in my younger years like a lot because it's still Um, a passion you're a worshiper mm -hmm. Sam also worship leads and yes Mm -hmm. I do yeah I love it you're wonderful at it oh thanks thank you um so anyway so I just kind of always kind of grown up around it and then in college um some a lot of tangled (laughs) <laughs> so my family is super connected with the Grace family of churches. Okay. Um, so like Grace Neville, Grace Midtown. Great. My uncle um, for a while was one of the elders nice. of Grace okay. Neville. And this okay. super, I think he might still be Uncle Mike if you're listening. I don't remember if you are or not <laughs> at the moment. but We um, love you, Uncle Mike. <laughs> we love you, Uncle Mike. Mike Williams, he's a hero. Nice. Um, but anyway, so so that we've been super involved there kind of my whole life. And so when I was in college, a bunch of people that I went to school with um, came down from Grace and Snellville and started a house church that I was really involved in majority of my college career. Um, where it was just like a, kind of like a home group, nice. but it was a little more intentional, like really specific. It was, it was awesome. It was a pretty neat little like community we had going on there. So I've just kind of always been around it, always been involved with it. Um, and then when I graduated college was an intern for the college ministry at Grace in Snellville, okay. Georgia. Um, and then it's all just kind of like progressed from there. I was super involved at Grace Midtown and then got a hold of Bethel Music, went to the School of Worship in Reading and then ended up here. So, so. Grace Midtown, <laughs> just for point of reference, yeah. is where Good Good Father, that's the house that it came from, correct? Mm-hmm. Were you yeah. in? Were you involved in all that and in worship at that time? Uh, I was there. Okay. I would, I you would, were there. <laughs> I was not. Uh, so, yeah, House Fires came out of 
right. grace, which is, it was really beautiful to watch that happen because I feel like you can really easily watch people get inspired by stuff like that and say, let's do that. And then it fails because it's not organic. Right. Like it doesn't just happen. And that literally just started from them being like a lot of really cool songs, kind of like what we're doing here at Beth Atlanta. Like a lot of really cool songs are coming out of this house and we're, and we're doing them on Sundays. We've got to put them somewhere for our people. That's awesome. And it, I mean, it spread like blew up. It blew up. Yeah. It was crazy. I remember the first time that I heard and saw it and was like, what in the world? And found out that it was here and I was mm-hmm. all, what? Mm-hmm. what is going on? Where am wild. I that I don't know this? Yeah. It was super exciting. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And so um, there's a guy who's here from Atlanta that I was friends with in college. He went to school with me, who went to school at BSSM in Reading and he was a part of the worship team. His name is John Fajuk. And I think he, I can't remember if he brought Good Good Father, or he brought some House Fire song and led it in the school one week and everybody was like, what is this? And it like caught on like crazy. It's just like, it's just nuts how like neat and connected that, that was. But, but yeah, so I was there like okay. for the first album when it first came out and they did like a um, video recording to go along with it and started releasing them on YouTube and was there nice. for that. And I was involved in a lot of production stuff at Grace Midtown for nice. a while too, which was fun. Well, what even brought you to Bethel? So you were at Grace and mm-hmm. plugged in and going great. How did you get to Bethel here? So this is a crazy story. Um, I, I, so I graduated college <laughs> in May. This is the challenge of a communicator. You communicate so well. She's like, oh, there are like a hundred things and we're ready to go to 25 because we have a short amount of time. <laughs> exactly. How do I not go down eight different trails? My life is more of like a kudzu vine yes. <laughs> than like a, than like a tree. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's kind of all over, all over the place. That's awesome. Yeah. My, we used to joke, my mom's family tree is kind of wild. My dad used to always say, mom's family tree is like a kudzu more than, more than anything else. That's <laughs> so, that my, so life, my life is kind of like that. Um, Another way you know you're from the South. Exactly. Kudzu. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Kudzu and grits are girls yeah. raised in, in the, the South. South. Yes, huh. exactly. I'll find an acronym for kudzu somewhere, I'm sure. It's out there. But um, so I, I graduated college in May of 2012. Um, so I'm 27. Yeah, I'm 27. <laughs> somewhere around there. Somewhere, something like that. I was 21 um, when I graduated, and wow, which is wild. That feels like not that long ago. <laughs> it um, wasn't that long ago. 21 to 27, girl. That just, is nothing. I, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like it's such a short amount of time, but that feels like 15 years ago. Lots oh, of it but feels like a long time ago. Lots yeah. of life okay. has been lived within that yeah. six years. I mean, mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. I got married a somehow. Lot. I know. That, yeah. Yes, which we <laughs> totally need to get around to. This is a beautifully married woman. <laughs> I am. Hello. Um, anyway, so uh, graduated, went and um, interned at Grayson Snellville, and I was actually, I got into graduate school at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay. was going to go there, and I, had to, I have a really close friend named Leah who, like, maybe like two weeks three weeks before I was supposed to like move. She just looked at me and she goes, I don't know if I can say this. This feels like a really like directional like word, but you're not going to go to Nashville. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> like, you're like, that's sorry, pretty directional. <laughs> but thank you for listening to the Lord and, and telling me, but I'm going, <laughs> you know? And I had had a pretty rough like senior year of college. So I just like, was like, that's my escape. I got to get out, you know? Sure. So literally in, in a matter of like three weeks, the job I had fell through um, the funding I had for grad school fell through. Um, the place I was going to live fell through. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Whoa. And I told Leah and she was like, mm, <laughs> I told you you weren't going to go to Nashville. And so I just was like, okay, like God, what are you doing? You know? And, and just kind of started leaning in and listening. And I wanted to be a teacher. I was getting a master's in education at Lipscomb. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. 
Tim, that's great. Yep. So, so then I got a phone call from a friend's dad who was an interim headmaster at a private school and said, Hey, do you want a teaching job? We had a teacher last minute, not be able to, to come this year. She got sick and we need a, like a, essentially a long-term sub, but we'll give you like a job, um, for ninth and 10th grade English. And I was like, yeah, so I did it. Wow. So my first job out of college, I taught high school. Wow. And over the course of that year, I learned really quickly that I did not want to be a teacher. Good um, to know. Yeah. yeah. Don't and know until you do it. It was great, you know, but sure. it was great because I could have spent a lot of money on grad school that I would have not used or maybe just used out of, I have to because I did this, right. you know. So. Oh my gosh, that was super casual, but that ended up totally being the yeah. Lord. Yeah. That Whoa. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Leah, we love you. I know. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her to listen. Um, but so then. So, so because of that, it sent me on like, okay, now what kind of thing? So around January of that year, um, like going into 2013, so Grace Snellville does something called watch week where the first week of the new year, the church is open 24 seven and there's like areas like to go and pray and it's like awesome. set up and like little stations. And so I went because I was in a very like big, like seeking thing sure. and I go into this room and they have like a big mirror and like words hanging from the like ceiling. It was really, really cool. And it was supposed to be like a declaration kind of thing. Like look in the mirror, make eye contact with yourself and, and ask the Lord like for these things to be like true, to declare these things over yourself. That's awesome. Which was really cool. Sure. But my personality, I'm super uncomfortable with the attention on myself. And so I was like, I cannot do that. I was like, <laughs> the concept of making eye contact with myself was terrifying. And I was like, mm, okay. Look me in the eye. Like it me. was weird. Me. Yeah. Soul me, gazing. Me to me. Yeah. yeah soul gazing yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm sitting there, it's like super awkward for a little bit and I like can't make eye contact with myself and I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? Like, just tell me like I'm a need, I need something from you like really, really strong. And I like look up and I make eye contact with myself and super bold and super clear. I hear the Lord tell me three like specific things. And he said, um, Samantha, you're a prepared bride worthy to be wed. Um, he said, I'm going to use you to, um, end divorce in America. <laughs> and so wow. which is a scary thing to say every time I say it. Um, and then he said, and you're going to lead, lead worship to, to nations. And at the time, so I went through a pretty intense, like insecurity season for a few years where I just like shut down the worshiper in sure, me. Sure. Um, and so it had been a few years since I had even like sung out loud or told anybody that I could, wow. um, which was pretty wild. And so he told me that. So at the time of my life, those three things could not have been further from my reality oh, was very I single love that coming out of a really crazy broken experience. Um, and had like no concept for a healthy relationship, let alone marriage, let alone fighting divorce, Sure, you know? And wow. yeah. And then hadn't sung out loud. And so I was, I just kind of laughed at God and was like, I know that was you because I heard it and I feel it, but you're just gonna have to make that happen. Cause that's hilarious. Cause I don't even, I don't even know, like I'm a developer. Like I'm like, I give me a vision. I'll make it happen. But I don't, I didn't even know what the first step would be to do that. Like yeah. I had no clue. So fast forward a bunch of months and I'm at Grace Midtown one night in a um, church service and in the middle of worship, this guy <laughs> leans over to me and is like, Hey, and just starts talking to me and Grace, people kind of joke sometimes, especially like in the younger ages, it's like a Christian dating like site <laughs> just cause it's just a bunch of young sure. it's like especially Singles. at the like later service on Sunday the like 8 o'clock service it's like 18 to like 24 25 you know so it's a lot of young Those are the date college years, kids baby. yeah so everyone's just kind of like hey can I give you a word and also can I get your number and you're like no <laughs> better yet I got a word analogy about your number <laughs> is it this 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 
So this guy, you know, leans into me and I'm like, hey, they're thinking like, oh, are you like hitting on me? Like, what is this? <laughs> and um, not knowing like this culture of like Bethel yet, he just, he was a student at the school of ministry here. Um, and he starts giving me like a word and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and, um, which fun fact for you prophetic people always ask like, Hey, I feel like I'm hearing something from the Lord. Can I tell you something? Instead of just starting to tell somebody something, cause they're very confused if they're not in this culture, they this don't know what you're doing. This is super helpful. Really helpful. <laughs> that's great information. It can't, we can't take it for granted that everybody's just like, Oh, you're obviously seeing something. You just go People to a person like, you say, I just see this over your head. And they're like, where they're like looking around and they're like, what? There's a heart over my head. What are you talking about? What's happening? I'm completely stressed that's out. My, that's my little caveat of it's prophetic super teaching. Helpful. Thank you, Sam. Say that. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like, Hey, are you an artist? And I'm like, no. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty positive <laughs> pretty that sure. I have zero artistic ability to like paint or draw. And he goes, um, okay, well, I'm just going to tell you something that I like see. And I was like, okay. And so he was like, I like was praying and I saw this picture of you in my head and, um, and you were standing on stage leading worship to thousands of people, like a huge, huge stadium. And the like words were coming out of your mouth and they were written and you were grabbing them and painting them with your hands. And as you were, it was making these images that you didn't understand, but the people you were like painting them for did. And he was like, you're a worship leader. And I was like, well, yeah, it's like in me, I've like done it. And I'm, I'm thinking about going to this like school of worship in California. And he was like, no, I'm telling you that you are like, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you like the Lord is saying you're a worship leader Whoa. and you need to do something Wowza. about it. And I was like, wow. And I had been thinking about applying to the um, school of worship in Reading, California. Okay. With Bethel. Um, but I don't know. I'd been like tiptoeing and that just kind of felt like a really cool, like, okay, I'm going to do this. That's like huge. it's a step. It's a vote for confidence that I am this. So I'm going to, and this was a stranger at the time. You didn't know him stranger. And he was, a, he was a first year student at, <laughs> at um, Bassett at the time, Whoa, great. which is crazy. So, so great. So I go to Reading. Didn't, did not really know Bethel Land existed. And I didn't really, I mean, I didn't at like, all, at all, <laughs> like, not even a little bit. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta go find this in California, but it was here. Whoa. So I go all yeah. the way to California. <laughs> I'm going to travel across the country. So I go to California, do the school of worship. It was amazing. Such a phenomenal experience. You loved it. Really? I loved it. It was wow. two weeks long. It was, it was just the coolest experience. Wow. And while I was out there, I just, I had this urge that I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you in this culture, but I was fighting with God because I did not want to move to Reading. Like right. I feel like no offense to Reading, love you, Bill, love you, Eric, Candace, but I just didn't want to live there. And I had friends that were there doing the school of ministry. And I just, I don't know. I love Atlanta and I've always loved it. And nothing in me felt like peaceful about uprooting myself. That is such you know? a way of knowing. I mean, yeah. that's your heart telling you, not here, not here, yeah. not here. Like, I just, uh, uh, so battled back and forth, like, stayed up for two whole days, like, wow. couldn't sleep, walked around Reading by myself praying. Like, I, it was crazy. I couldn't let it go. So I had, like, an Abraham and Isaac moment and finally was like, oh, fine, God, if you want me to be here, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. um, the second I said that, he said, great, I don't want you here in Reading. I just wanted to know that if I asked you would go. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I still felt like this pull on my heart, like, okay, but I've got to find this somewhere. So literally the next day I'm on the phone with my dad, like explaining how the week had been going, just catching him up and I'm not paying attention. And I turn the corner and I physically knock over Kathy Valentin, like (laughs) plow her over to the ground for the second time that week for the record. (laughs) Second time. I'd already done it once. I'd already done that once. And I literally, she was kind of like you again. I was like, I'm so sorry. So great. So I help get her up off the ground and we're just kind of like talking and so sorry and chit chatting. And she's asking me about how my experience is. And I'm telling her a little bit about like that specific instance. And she said, well, you know, there's a Bethel Atlanta. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> huh? 
You're yeah. kidding. That's how you found out about Bethel, Atlanta. Yes. So I literally, Whoa. I literally that day during my free time, they down the hill, they have this like, um, like a Panera type situation. And I walked down the hill with my computer and I applied to first year right there. Oh my word. Isn't that crazy? Sam, you knew. Yeah. It was nuts. Whoa. So I applied to first year when I came back, like a week later, I had my, um, interview with Jen on the phone at my, so I'm, Jen was first year at this time. It was her first, first year. Oh, yes, her first whoa. First. How was that? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I literally, I need to, I found this note the other day, um, that I had written. I need to, I need to find it and read oh, it. Oh, great. Okay. I, te- I texted it. it to Jen because I was like, I, right, this is nuts. I just found this. I had, so I make these like basically just like notes in my phone of like powerful moments when they happen. So I don't forget. And, um, I was working a job at a super, super corporate like environment and walked outside on my lunch break to do my interview with Jen so I could like do it during the day. And um, it was like such a powerful moment. It was August 3rd or August 1st, 2013. And I took a screenshot of my note and sent this to her the other day. And I wrote, sitting on the deck at Career Builder, which is where I worked, in, oh, the, yeah. in the pouring rain after an awful day, Jen prayed over me and accepted me into Bassam. The moment she addressed the Holy Spirit, I cried. And suddenly I knew I was in the right place. Isn't that crazy? Sam, that's so I like totally great. forgot I did that. And I like found that and sent it to her. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> Sam, that's, that's such that's a good so cool. story. That was really cool. So then, yeah, so then got accepted, came to first year, and kind of the rest is history from it, there. Great so, history. Yeah. Okay, I'm totally curious. Tell me. If, if you can answer, answer the question. Mm-hmm. Who was the first year student that prophesied over you? <laughs> I'm um, totally prying. If you don't want to answer the question, you don't no. have to. <laughs> no, I'll answer. Um, his name was Josh Feltz. Yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yep. Yeah, it was great. And then it was super crazy because then, so like spring of my first year experience, I look around and basically other than being married, all of those things had happened. Like, you know, like all these, these crazy things that he said would happen along with those like three powerful things. I'm like standing on the stage leading worship at Bassam and I'm like, oh my God you did it, you know, like it just like hit me like, Oh, I, I don't know how you did it, but you did it. And Josh wasn't a student anymore at the time, but he was visiting that night. And so he's like in the room and I'm leading worship and he came up to me and he was like, Oh my God. And I was like, I know it was so crazy. Well, and now you're married and now I'm married. Sam. Yep. Isn't that wild? And we'll be, I mean, in the few, I'm just, I'm brainstorming. How could this unfold about ending divorce in the United States? That's a gorgeous call. Totally Mm -hmm. possible with Jesus. Mm -hmm. You carry that. You (laughs) look like that. I can smell that on you, Sam Medlin. (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate it. Okay. So Sam, this last week, um, during, maybe I didn't even get to tell you, but during our staff meeting, she volunteered to lead it. And I haven't even gotten a chance to share with you, but I just, I was trying my hardest to even sit there and like hold it together. <laughs> it was so helpful to me like Thanks. this. I was hoping that you would share a little bit of this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to totally receive again because <laughs> truth be told, this is not my, this is not my super strong suit. Yeah. Like I tend to be an independent mm-hmm. spirit, like fine on my own. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I am intentionally belonging because I do care because yeah. I do, but I mean, it's, it's pretty mechanic with me mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So this helped me. Can you share that? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's giggling. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. We, um, so at the beginning of our staff meetings, um, we do like, I don't know, like 15 or so minutes of just like spiritual connection, whether it's like soaking or praying or doing some sort of activation. And they've been pretty powerful lately. They've been crazy good, been powerful, wild. Um, and, Blake, um, is on our senior team and he kind of like 
MCs those meetings. He kind of runs them. <laughs> and uh, he's the boss of the meetings. Yeah. Is, yeah. Which he is so great. He's such a good boss of our is. meetings. He's a really good boss of our <laughs> meetings. Um, but he kind of opened up the door. If anybody, um, like a few like weeks ago, months ago, was like, hey, if any if anyone is ever burning with something to like lead us in during that time, let me know. And you can. And so I've been having like a little bit of like a personal revival lately internally. Okay. Shouldn't Please we expound. all be having a personal revival? <laughs> you know, but this yes. is your chance to expound. No, but I get it. If I do. We would love for you to expound on your personal revival. Uh, I would love to. And impart the personal revival. Like stir that good stuff up in Coons and me, Sam. Do it. I'm ready. Do it. Um, so Blake recently shared a word um, with our staff and then he spoke it a little bit at um, church a few weeks later or a week or two later. Um, where he years ago had seen this angel and an angel in worship um, that had it like a scroll and it's like backpack and like pulled out the scroll and he said what are those and one was for the Beth Atlanta school and one was for the Beth Atlanta staff and so the Beth the school one um, like that first year he felt like released to share it with that class which I don't remember what year that was but it was like two years ago I was there. That was exciting. I remember it. It was, it was really, wonderful. It was really cool. We gave like a little gift at the end of the year right. and we printed it out on a bunch of tiny little scrolls. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That was awesome. Was that your idea? It was super tedious. It was Jen's idea. It was a good idea. It was super tedious. <laughs> like folded it with joy and revival every time. But it was super tedious. I love you all. I love you all. Um, so anyway, so he shared that word in that first year and it was really powerful. And then um, he asked, like, what about the Bethel and staff one? And I think he said the angel like had a tear fall from his eye and said, Not yet. And Blake was like, Okay. And then he just like forgot about it. He never thought about it right. again. And so he said it was recently that the angel showed up again in worship and was like, it's time. And so it was so crazy powerful. So he reads us this like message from God. <laughs> it's just nuts. That he is translating because it wasn't in English. I yeah. was kind of giggly. Yeah, right. I was like, he. He said the angel had like a decoder going every word, which yeah, just yeah. made me laugh. Like, I know. Thinking I like am a little super kid. giggly because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if any other, like, <laughs> what, what'd you do in your church meeting? It's yeah. not nearly as bad as I did at my church staff meeting. <laughs> it was I like a lot of like Harriet the Spy and like all these things <laughs> I did when I was a kid. I had like a decoder pen and like invisible ink. <laughs> Right. It was awesome. And Blake is like giggly. Yeah. And Blake is like such a nerd that like, of course, of course, that's what God did for him. It was like an angel with a decoder. Yeah, it is totally perfect. (laughs) So he reads us this super powerful word. Go, you know, if you haven't heard it, go listen to that um, message. I think it's where he talks about Peter. I think it's that one. Okay. Um, On the podcast. I think it's titled Peter or Thomas. 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 There you go. That's what it was. That's what it was. It was Um, helpful. Yeah. So anyway, so at the end of it, like from God, it says, remember to be fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters, and remember to make more um, fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters signed um, Lord or father, Lord and friend, Friend. which was super powerful. And so that like, I remember when he read that in the staff meeting and and at the time he's telling us that the angel with the scroll is in front of him. So it just like felt like holy in the room you it know was, it was so beautiful it was crazy again I was giggling to myself thinking what I told you I was thinking yeah. that I was like oh my gosh this is wild I'm so blessed this is so much fun yeah. and literally in the middle of me just thinking to myself a, a wave of beauty right comes there. and I'm like <laughs> and I start crying so fast that I, my in my internal I'm like oh my gosh I, okay I'm paying attention yeah <laughs> you're so good <laughs> no I did too truly when, when he read like the end of it and we're all just like sitting there like we were all standing holding hands I was like I am overwhelmed right now <laughs> like this is wild but that part exciting. that part about um 
like remember to make fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters felt like it like sat with me for a long time. And it, and it really started to like stir up this, this thing in me that I've kind of always dealt with. You know, we use the terminology talking about there being giants on your land. This thing feels like a giant on my land. And in the past I've like cut its arm off or like maybe blinded it in one eye or something, but I don't feel like I've like fully killed it and said like, you're not allowed on my land, you know? And so it's been, um, which fill that up just for folks yeah. listening. We, we talk a bunch about the promised land. It's what mm-hmm. God has promised mm-hmm. us. But like the Israelites went in and they were like, oh, there are giants here. And they had to defeat the giants. But it was their land. Mm-hmm. They were just giants in their land. Exactly. Which is a perfect analogy for walking this thing out. Exactly. And, and you know, the Lord gives, gives us the promised land. And when he commands it to us and says it's ours, it's legal land but it becomes ours experientially when we like walk on it you know and so beautiful so that's kind of like been a thing that i've been kind of (laughs) that you can think the backlands for that one (laughs) that was stephen windy (laughs) yeah uh but you know so that's been a thing so they can they come they give that message and they're like um they have like their 40 day uh Mm -hmm. negativity fast little positivity feast devotional thing thing. yep it's awesome so that was in there so that was like a few you know a few weeks ago so that was kind of stirring in me and it's kind of you know been in there so then Blake gives us word and ever since then I like went through this pretty intense like wave of like this insecurity of belonging coming up again like really like it's like the giant was like face to face with me like now what you know and because when I think about making more fathers and mothers brothers and sisters and sons and daughters I was like hesitant I was like I don't want to make more sons and daughters because I don't want to make more daughters like me in the sense of like still having to deal with this thing. Like, wow, you know what I mean? Like I want to kill this and then I'll, and then I'll make and, more sons right. and daughters. Cause I don't want to just repeat more Damn. of this, you know? Wow. So it's been like challenging me like crazy. And Jen has this, you know, beautiful message, Jen Stockman of, I think it was before Kylie was born. She um, had this thing that she was dealing with and the Lord basically just said like, you know, I'll still love you. You'll still be okay if you don't kill it. But if you don't kill it, she'll carry it and she'll Mm. have to kill it. You know, like Mm -hmm. she, like in a, not in a, no, um, no, no. I mean, punishment way, but Mm -hmm. just like you, you have to kill it or it's, it's going to live until someone does, you know? Right. And so I just kind of felt this like urgency and this responsibility of, I've got to kill this. I cannot make more of this, you know? Wow. So, (laughs) right. Totally. So it's, so it's been pretty powerful. I've had some pretty intense conversations. Like, um, one of the areas that it attacks me the most is with worship. Um, and just like believing in that voice and like, not like being afraid. And what's so crazy is like, we, we do this, we lie to ourselves and say we don't belong, you know? And, um, I asked Blake to look at me one time in the spirit and worship. And he said, he saw these like wooden shackles all around me. And the key thing that he noticed was that it wasn't tied down to anything and there were no, there was nothing, you know, little demons or whatever holding it down. And I was kind of like, so, so what do you mean? And he was like, I think you put it there. Oh, and I was Sam. like, Oh my God. Like it was just wild. So, That's so, so giants in the land right, are things that we're thinking that we're doing to ourselves that Maybe. we're letting hang around. Could be totally. That's so yeah. helpful. And like we, it's, it's a lie that we don't have the power to kill it. That's you know, it's so a lie helpful. that it's going to be a really long journey and it's just going to be there forever. And you know, so even me thinking like, Oh, I'll just always deal with it. I don't, that's not true. You know, that's the giant in the land. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, so that's so helpful. <laughs> so, <laughs> helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so helpful. Um, so I, it's just been like, kill, like killing me. So, um, 
this past Saturday, <laughs> I so my husband and I just bought a house. Oh, congratulations. Move down Thank here you. with us. Well, no, it's indicator. <laughs> oh, I thought y'all moved to South. We were well, we were living in Fayetteville with our in-laws while we were closing. That's what I heard. Okay. Decatur's mm-hmm. lucky to have you Decatur, people. Yes. So we're we're <laughs> we're inside the perimeter. Oh nice. ITP people. Nice. Um, but anyway, so uh we were exhausted. Like it was the end of the year, graduation, all this stuff. So the last like week has been one of the more exhausting ones of my life. So Saturday, this past Saturday at church, I hadn't slept in like 38 hours, like something crazy like that. Like we had stayed up the night before. So Friday was graduation. Thursday, we um, got there like to the house to finish renovating stuff in the afternoon, stayed up till like 6 a.m., um, or no, I'm sorry. That was Friday. Did graduation up to like 6am. We moved that morning. Like his, my brother-in-law met us at our loading dock and moved all of our stuff. We napped for like 45 minutes in the loading dock at our storage unit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to I'm going to quit complaining now. I at least got to sleep. It was oh so, it was so wild. <laughs> We've been busy too, but man, that puts me to, never mind. The complaining just, is now stopping. It was, it was nuts. We like renovated the house ourselves. It was a whole thing. Wow. So I was exhausted. So the, the key thing being I was exhausted. So I felt like a little drunk, you know, like I was just kind of like, Oh my God, like super loopy. And so I, I, I felt like all my inhibitions were gone. My fears were gone. And I was just like, feel like I was fully being me. And, um, like Vanessa even pointed out, she was like, this is awesome. Like, I I know you're like exhausted, but I feel like this is so like, you're so fully you right now, you know, like, it's not like you're being a different person. It's like, you're, you don't, you're not, you don't even have time to think about the things that normally like give you fear, you know? It's awesome. Cause it was probably the first Saturday in a long time that I felt I did. I didn't have the thought that I should not speak or I don't belong or I don't have a place or, you know, like I think it often. And so it was really powerful. And so even the next morning, like I almost, I almost felt like I had to call and like apologize to people. Cause like I did the offering on Saturday and, and did a prophetic act and was like, Oh my gosh, did I have authority to do that? Like truly like sure. all these like Fears came wow. in where I was like, do I need to clean up anything? Like, oh man, I talked a lot in the staff meeting and I don't normally talk that much and I probably should have been quiet. And I mean, seriously, like I was battling, like calling people and apologizing for things I had done in the spirit. Done. And you know what I mean? Right. I might air quotes that, that things that, that everybody, yeah, yeah, that everybody does all the time. But for some reason I felt like I didn't Things have you stepped out like you were true to you and you were feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So I, and I, it was, I was talking with Vanessa about it and I was like, no, that's not a thing. And so it was like, I was so uh, uh, unable to feel those fears because I was so tired and delirious <laughs> that I was just like me. This is awesome. And so I was like, okay, Lord, how do I do that? Cause I can't be exhausted all the time. I just can't, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, that's just not a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> and, and you know, he simply just said like, you do that just by staying so connected to my love that not that you like. Uh, can't hear those things and they're drowned by my love, but you're just not affected by them. Like wow. that thing may come up, but you don't have time for it. You know, Sam. Wow. So I just felt um, on Tuesday felt this like need to be like, okay, I need to like not just sit in the family room and look at the dinner table and say, I have a place there. I need mm. to actually step up, sit at my spot at the table and say, I have a place here and do something about it. And so Tuesday, Starts to chow down, chow down. So, so Tuesday, that's why I wanted to like share that a little bit. And, um, one of the, one of the things that I like touched on that feels super important to say is like, Vanessa's really good at this, mm-hmm. you know, like she, she is. 
her her whole worship world and everything she does, she knows that she's a daughter. She knows she belongs. So she has no fear giving that microphone away and letting people <laughs> grow. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she has no fear not leading one week of like, oh no, what have I done? I'm giving this place away. Like she she knows that she's a daughter so much that she's been able to build something because she has no fear of giving her place away. Wow. Like someone can come sit at her seat for a little bit and she'd sure. love it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's always been like super, super inspiring to me that she does that. And I was thinking through in like the scripture, the Lord, you know, sets a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And I got this picture of like, oh my gosh, well, then we better eat really fast before they get us, you know? And the Lord was like, no, that's not how it works. Like you don't sit at the table and scarf your food down because the enemies are coming. Like you sit at your table and, and they have to sit there and watch you belong when they're trying to tell you that you don't. Like, that's how it works. It's not like <laughs> they're coming, you better eat fast, but I made a table for you. Hurry up. You know, it's no, like you're prote- like when you come to the table, that's your protection. Like that song, this is how I fight my battles yeah. at the table. Yeah. Like that's, that's how you do it. Like you sit there, you belong and they have to watch you knowing they've lost, yeah. knowing that like you made it to the table and they tried to tell you you couldn't be there. So the starving one is watching you feast. Right. That's really good. Right. So we, we shared a little bit of that and we did commune together as a staff and it was, it was pretty powerful. This is super, this is very powerful with belonging. What would you say to somebody that's listening that is struggling with belonging then right now? Oh yeah. Oh, it's just a lie. The, the <laughs> truth is that you do, you know, like I feel like any, I've been a part of enough church environments and heard the same few phrases of I don't have community or I don't know, I was there and I just didn't, I didn't feel appreciated or didn't feel like I had community is like often like the buzz thing that said but the deep 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 of it is I don't feel like I belong I don't believe I belong wow and the truth is no like nobody can tell you that you do like like I could sit in the family room and Steve could yell at me from the table Samantha come sit you have a seat here and I could say okay and say yeah that's my seat but until I actually take the action from the family room to the dining room to sit at the table and say okay Steve I believe you this is my seat it's, it's a both and like you can't be told your whole life you're valuable. You have to believe it. You have to live and act it out as if you believe it. You know, like my nameplate at that table isn't just a paper thing that can fly away and someone else be put there. Like it's gold plated. It's bolted to the table. Like it'll never leave, you know, like it's, it's engraved. It's gorgeous. That's my, that's my seat, you know? So I think that's a big key is there are absolute like, yes, as a church, as an environment, we have a, a joy and an honor to get to to welcome and invite and open the door and set the table. But that belonging comes from going and actually sitting at your table and believing, like sitting at your place at the table and believing that it's there for you. World, you're welcome. This is Sam <laughs> Mellon. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You yeah. are welcome. It's a little bit of Sam and <laughs> Sam, that's so helpful. That's so Thanks. beautiful. That's so yeah. powerful. And it needs to be said. Yeah. We need to hear that. Yeah. It's a thing. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing. Yeah, it is. And, and I think the other thing, too, I don't think everybody thinks this, but I think there's a lie kind of somewhere in there in some people that's like, oh, when I have a job there, I'll belong. You know, like, yeah. oh, when I have that position, when I have that place, when I have that authority, that title, that whatever, then I'll belong. But let me tell you something. That's not true. It's not true. Because I have a title and I do a thing and I, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And it's still, it has been still there. And you that know? giant wow. was still in the land. And yeah. so belonging is internal. Oh, totally. And it's something that you just, what, you step into on the inside mm-hmm. and then experience it on the outside like everything. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's experiential versus legal. Like wow. I'm told I belong. 
my, my land, right? If we want to use that right. analogy, my promised land is I belong. And it's legally been given to me by, by God, by Steve, by, you know, by everyone around us, by this environment, by the, by the world. Like it's just right. a lie that you don't belong. Um, but I have to then make that legal land experientially mine by walking on it. And so one of the ways that you belong, I'm just thinking this through, is you stepped up and you shared. Mm-hmm. That was your like, your act of faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you being were thinking. and being honest. You yeah. believed, I belong. Okay, I'm going to step into this thing. I'm going to share and be, and just tell what has been going on. Mm-hmm. Sam, that's yeah. great. It I, felt wonderful like you thanks. were doing something wonderful. <laughs> it felt oh. wonderful. Um, a few uh, that was a while ago, maybe like over a year ago now, but Drew McClure for a while, um, when he was working here, um, we had a beautiful, I think you were, were you there, Rachel? We had a beautiful meeting out on that dock Yes. where, where Drew was just super honest and was like, Hey, if you guys feel like I've kept you at an arm's length, it's cause I have. And, and <laughs> it's because I've had this fear of, do I want to continue doing this? Do I have a message to tell? Am I, am I just being like, you know, my, uh, maybe counterfeit was the word he would say. Like, am I just, you know, existing here, but I don't really need to be doing ministry, yada, yada, all this stuff. And he could have, he had that resolve within himself to be like, okay, no, I, I do. And like, we could have just lived and existed without any of us really knowing any different. But in in family and community, making that vulnerable step to say, hey, I've done this. I, I've kept myself at a distance and I'm sorry. And I'm here to say I'm not anymore. You know, no. it, was, it wow. was so powerful. That was the first that. meeting I had ever attended. And I was all, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> this is, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Wonderful. But yeah. I was leaving thinking, wow, that was a lot. And it was wonderful. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so I just remembered that and was inspired by it. And so it's, it's felt like there's been this internal thing going on in me and that was a really cool like breakthrough moment just to do that with family you know well, it helps me thank you i appreciate yeah. you i'm good yeah so i th- yeah you know I, th- I think that a lot of times when people are struggling with belonging is, is that they don't realize that that first who they belong to mm-hmm. is the great inviter mm-hmm. to every wonderful party mm-hmm. and every wonderful feast mm-hmm. you know and you know i think sometimes it's like they feel like there's a disconnection there's a disconnection with us and Jesus mm-hmm. and we just, man, it's just, and that's exactly, or, or us and the Lord. And that's what Jesus did. He came to reconcile that spot. So we could yeah. be, and we could belong. Mm-hmm. So you know what? People that are listening <laughs> to this podcast, you belong. You do. <laughs> you, you don't need permission. No, you don't. From anybody to, to know that Jesus has made you in a place when he did what he did, when he rose from the dead and yeah. he put his spirit on the inside of you, he said, now you belong. Yeah. That's helpful, and I wonder if that's a key. If we wait on permission, when actually mm-hmm. it's just stepping in too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. So it's an action. Yeah. That's taken from the place of the man. The permission has been given. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Sam. you for sharing that, man. Oh, well, that's my so. Goodness. That's so powerful. It Thanks. is so thank powerful. You. Yeah. So I'm still still walking it out. Still going well. through it, but. It just looks like honesty. It just looks like being vulnerable and open, keeping things out in the light in front of you because when they're in the light, they have no, like, fear doesn't have a place in the presence of light and the presence of love. Right. You know? Wow. Wow. So great. Okay, you guys. Again, this is Sam Medlin. I hope that that just helps. I'm confident that that helps. That helps me. So I'm so glad you guys tuned. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you listened to this podcast. What a, what a great uh, value that you bring to our body. Mm-hmm. We're so, so grateful to have you. Thanks. And thanks for coming and being on B8 Chats. Of course. You're so great. <laughs> you guys keep listening. We will have more f- 
phenomenal people, wonderful things happening at BA Chats. Um, is there a way? What's our What's our website that they can get on to? Oh no, it's not a website. You what can is it? you can get email. <laughs> Email. Podcast. <laughs> something, something digital. What's going on? I know you nothing. got it. You got it. I think, <laughs> you're doing great, Rachel. I think it's <laughs> Thank be, you, Sam. You get well, listen, yeah. So if you're if you love these testimonies and you want to respond, you know, and say, Oh my gosh, this 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 really, you know, made an impression on me, or you have a testimony mm-hmm. that you would like to share, you can email bachats at Bethelatlanta.com and we would love to get we would absolutely love to get that in here uh, you know on the chats okay yeah absolutely well people we sure love you jesus loves you <laughs>